recording sober and wired by coffee again. Welcome to Hand of Pod. first, or well, second, really, uh, episode of our fifth year. Uh, thank you if you joined us last week for our birthday. We're recording we recorded late last week and we're recording early this week, very early, in every sense, in fact, because not only is it a Wednesday, uh, but it's a Wednesday afternoon, so we've got a full week of very exciting action ahead of us, including three mm-hmm. semi-finals, not just one, although there's only one that you care about, admittedly, um, and a couple of matches which could well go a long way to deciding the fate of the Primera Division title. I'm joined, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined uh, this week by English Dan. Hello Sam, and welcome to another action-packed Hander pod. As Sam says, we've got a hell of a lot going on. And the first thing that we're going to talk about this week uh, is the very exciting and in no way tedious and annoying and and ridiculously Mm, uh, over-convoluted goings-on at the Argentine Football Association late last night. Excuse me whilst I drag the computer forward slightly on the table. There we go. Um, The AFA had another meeting last night. I think they might have had another meeting either shortly after or shortly before we recorded last week as well. Can't remember exactly. Um, they've decided. Oh, it was shortly before, wasn't it? Because we talked about it. They've decided yes. a bunch of stuff. Um, only they probably haven't really. But yesterday was the day they were supposed to vote on it. Yeah, um, yesterday was the day that suppose, supposedly everything was going to get sorted. We were going to know what was going to happen in 2015 with the famous, much loved uh, tournament of 30. But we know one thing. We know one we know, thing, but of course they've know, left uh, us hanging again. We, we, we know for certain that Rodolfo Donofrio and... Uh, is Daniel it Angelisi? Is it Angelisi yes. or is it Crespi? Crespi already was. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we know for certain that Rodolfo Donofrio is, is the new first vice president of the AFA um, and Daniel Angelisi is the new second vice president of the AFA. Those are the presidents of, Boca, of River Plate and Boca Juniors, respectively, of course. Um, so River, after a rather long time outside the AFA boardroom, have regained their, their rightful place near the top of the game, as they'll see it. Are you um, happy with this, Sam? Do you think it's good Good to have um, a president on the on the AFA executive? I'd, I'd love it if it didn't particularly matter, but uh, it probably does matter, let's face it. And uh, There are a lot of River fans, I know, who linked the relegation and the dark years uh, that, that led up to it uh, mm. very quite deeply with the fact that River had lost some influence at mm. AFA boardroom level. Um, and it is interesting from my point of view, like this will lead on nicely to what we're going to talk about. Um, literally minutes or hours after being confirmed, Donofrio, who before this promotion, can you call it, was quite a vocal opponent of the AFA in the 30-team tournament. And all of a sudden it looks like he's, he's kind of talking... You know, he's following the AFA line. So is, has he been whipped into shape with the, the vice presidency? Well, I think if you want to make a change, you have to make the change from within, right? Uh, so of course. There's, there's something in that, I think. Um, 
I mean, Delofrio was was an opponent of the way that the AFA was run before. Mm-hmm. So perhaps this is the first step towards a, a, a new AFA. There was mm. there, there have been articles, not just with Delofrio, but with, to an extent with Angelisi as well, because of course Angelisi is Mauricio Macri's man, um, which is a bit of a step away from the, uh, shall we say, somewhat Kirchnerista dominated AFA. Um, yeah, whole, or at least they're very much under the Kirchner thumb. Um, after how, how personally everybody was a Kirchner Easter is, is perhaps another matter for a rather more debate. Um, but both of these presidents are seen as as a part of the new generation of uh, potential directors of the AFA, even though in particular Donofrio isn't uh, necessarily all that young. Um, he's considerably younger than some of the yeah <laughs> the some, of the, are, uh, some of the dinosaurs part of the AFA boardroom. Uh, whilst Julio Grandona was still alive and, and uh, shortly after it. Um, the stuff that's on the pitch, what we've had confirmed, absolutely, once and for all, definitely going to happen now, is the 30-team championship, which we all knew Yay. was going to happen anyway, because the B-National started several months ago and has been leading up to a 30-team championship, and I can't just change that halfway through the yeah. season. Um, we had, of course, yesterday um, a promotion up to the B-National, which obviously soon we'll have 10 less teams, but... Yes, we've yeah. got a few teams who are who are definitely up yeah. now, but Union de Santa Fe, I think, were first to win it, weren't they? Um, That's in going up from the Nacional B to the... Premier. I'm sorry, yeah, promotion yeah. from Chacarita Juniors went up last night. You're quite right, they did, yes. And they were very happy about it, by, by the looks of things. Mm. And Los Andes can go up tonight, I believe, if they win. Yes, yeah, if they beat Almagro uh, today, then... And then a few teams from, from the Argentino A, or Torneo Federal... I, whatever you prefer which I think we covered last week right? Uh, yes uh, we yes. did we talked about so it with Gustavo yeah. we won't repeat ourselves uh, it's worth mentioning however that Argentinos Juniors are doing much better than they were last time we sort of mentioned them they're, yeah. they're into the promotion yeah, yeah. spots now what I kind of think as well they amazing can, what a couple of wins can do um, but which what is we, significant because if they don't go out this year they're going to have to wait a hell of a long time indeed what we do know for, sh- for certain about the, the new the 2015 uh Primera Championship um, is that from February to June or July there will be a 30 team championship played it looks very very much like but I don't know whether they've actually voted to confirm it yet or not between two groups of 15 teams that's been confirmed I think from that February to June yeah. okay because so everybody's be... reporting stuff as confirmed without bothering to give a, a source so thank you for that yeah. um, so that's going to be fifteen, t- two groups of 15 teams with semi-finals and a final to decide the championship. So a very similar structure um, to the current Nacional B, but yep. with semi-finals and a final to decide a championship at the end of it. Um, ahead of which the calendar then will switch back to an August to June. or Yeah, no, it'll be August to June. I yep. won't go into July because uh, we've got the Copa America in, in, in July 2016. Um, ah, yeah, the centenary. Indeed. <laughs> Correct. Um, an, an August to June season, so a, a season-long championship with, well, at the moment it still looks like 30 teams, because at the moment they're saying that there are not going to be any promotions or relegations uh, in June of 2015, um, and, and and that's not an entirely satisfying conclusion, is it? Because if there are not going to be any promotions or relegations, then what are the second division teams playing for exactly? That From the second division down, there will be promotion and relegation in June. We are told. Were there? Yeah, that's that's what I've read. Right. Um, it would just be that the Premier will be a closed shop for one season only, mm. and then they'll start with, as we hinted last week, gradual uh, relegating more teams than come up, 
therefore, so that within about four or five years, we get back to a 20 or 22 team top flight, which is a bit more sensibly, um, sensibly sized, I would say. Yeah. But, Dan, why, why don't you tell us what the uh, talk on our television screen, which we have muted at the moment, yeah. but there is a caption up, um, is about how the AFA are throwing a bone to the second division sides and giving them something to play for during those first six months of 2015. Yes, um, it looks like it's going to be the slightest of consolation prizes, but there's quite a... It's quite a big consolation prize for a second division team. (laughs) I think they prefer promotion, to be honest. (laughs) Um, By all accounts, what rumours are saying now is that the second division winner could... Going to the Copa Sudamericana, which I think happened one time in Brazil. I remember there was a year in Brazil where I saw several Sudamericana teams from the lower divisions, but I don't know if that was to do with relegations or. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, I know that the winners of the Copa Brasil have been relegated a couple of times in recent years. So if a Brazilian second division side playing the Libertadores, yeah, Palmeiras, for example, for example. And Goyas, that year that mm, I think Goyes they reached were, the final yeah. against Independiente, the next year they went to the Sudamericana. Yes. But yeah, I've, I saw it a couple of times, and if we've got any Brazilian viewers that can help shed some light on this, that why those Brazilian second division teams are playing in the Sudamericana, I'd be very grateful about. Brazilian listeners. What did I say? Viewers? You said viewers. Oh, they're looking we, at our got, home. You we've know. not gone that far out. Yeah, that might take no. another four years. Fair. <laughs> so yeah, that looks like it's going to be the compensation for now. Indeed, um, it's all very silly, and it's it wouldn't surprise silly. us at all uh, if this changes again um, in the next week to two months. <laughs> yeah, could take as long as uh, as long as it happens. We will know once the championship begins, and possibly after that, in possibly. the case of the relegation, yeah. um, whether or not it's definitely going to happen. And it's all a bit weird, isn't it? Because we had. Last weekend and possibly the weekend before, where there was a very brief period where it actually looked to the competing teams in the first division like they were going to have to avoid relegation, which was something that they hadn't really considered since the start of the season. It wasn't going to be an issue. So No, of course. It's announced a couple of weeks ago, yeah, no, we're going to have more relegations than promotions at the end of the season. And for a couple of weeks, those teams have got to take it really seriously. It becomes much more immediate. And now we're back to where we were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they can take it easy again. I don't know if that would have affected the results at all. um, It's going to be interesting, definitely, for these last um, three weekends in in the Primera. Because if some of the teams, you know, we've got a few top versus middle bottom clashes. And I think we said... Many a time in Nigerian football, every game counts. You know, you're always adding towards the promedio, and you've always got one eye on relegation because you know one bad season, and and you start um, kind of looking over your shoulder. But now some of those games are, are really going to be meaningless. So uh, River Quilmes, for example, or uh, Godoy Cruz Racing, mm. that you know these teams without relegations for nearly for a year and a half. They've really not got much to play for, so... I suppose this is one instance where the, the promedio system actually sort of is a bit of an advantage. At least it means yeah. that, they're going to mean that those matches won't be entirely meaningless, but as you say... I guess the, that's the, the plus 
the plus behind the whole system one and of it's the only, few that it's only every game means something and it's worth pointing out that it's only a plus if you decide to have a year in which there's no relegation because you're ridiculous uh, it's not actually an advantage if you just have a structured league system where everybody goes down or, or no, some course. teams go down yeah. and some teams come up every season as should be the case exactly um but anyway, that's the boardroom stuff out of the way. Wasn't yeah. that exciting? Uh, <laughs> fortunately, we've only talked about it for 11 and a half minutes, which seems scarcely um, believable that we managed to fit it all in. I'm sure we've forgotten something. But we shall now move on to the stuff that's happened since we last recorded. Um, just before we finished recording last week, of course, Defensius Dicia had claimed a 2-1 win over Atletico de Rafaela. Um, Sam's surprise and consternation, we should say. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm... Suspicious about that result, frankly. Um, later that evening, shortly after we finished recording, Rosario Central versus Vélez Sarsfield kicked off, and that was a much more predictable uh, result that Mystic Sam got right. Um, it was a nil-nil draw. Gimnasia La Plata and Banfield drew 1-1 in La Plata. San Lorenzo improved rather a lot over some recent showings and thumped Belgrano 4-0. They fantastically. They Al- played really, really well. Albeit they had one extra man for 83 minutes because. Uh, Belgrano goalkeeper Juan Carlos Olave gave away a penalty and got a red card seven minutes in. Uh, Racing says for the the penalty was taken yeah. ten minutes in, but Olave got sent off seven minutes in. It's all very confusing. Uh, Racing played rather well and managed to get a late uh, free kick winner, spectacular free kick. It has to be said from it was very ball. good free kick. Foot like a traction engine. Uh, <laughs> One nil away to Quilmes. Tigre lost. 2-1 at home to Newell's Old Boys I think they had a man sent off as well didn't they uh, maybe in the last oh no they didn't no, Newell's no. had a man Newell's sent off Casco um, yeah Marcos no Milton Casco Milton um, got sent off for Newell's uh, Godoy Cruz won Estudiantes de la Plata won in Mendoza River Plate drew 1-1 uh, with Olimpo which means that they've now gone two matches without a win 3 now. uh I think it's three. It's three. So Belis, two, two home matches without a win. Sorry, that's what I should have said. Uh, for the first time this year, which is quite something. Mm. Um, they did play much better, it must be said, than, than they were against the Studiantes. It was a bit more... They looked slightly more settled, and, and Olimpo's yeah. equaliser was uh, a combination of... <laughs> A slightly disastrous moment from River goal scorer Romeo or Funes Mori. Yeah, it was the game of Funes Mori, hero and villain. Good opportunism, good opportunism from Miguel Borja to to take the chance. Very um, good striker, I think our listeners yeah, he's lively, should keep yeah. an eye on him, even though they can't now because we're talking. So keep an ear on him for now, and then when he plays, keep an eye on him mm. because he's a 21 year old Colombian, and I gave Racing a, a really hard time in that also one old draw a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not I've not seen much of him before. Um, he hasn't scored that many goals. I think that was his second well, or third. He's got a f- oh no, he's only got two. Two, yeah, I thought, I thought second or third. For some reason, but no, he's but lively. he's threatening. Very, very lively. Yeah. Kind of in uh, in the mold of um, Edrencito Valencia, who lit mm. up Olimpo last season, and he's done pretty well in Central this season. He's not well. quite as high scoring as. Uh, no, Valencia. I think he's in a worse Olimpo team as well. That's true. Yeah, and plus Jose uh, Valencia had um, Ezequiel Ceruti next yeah. to him up front as well. He's now moved to Estudiantes. Um, so yeah, one to watch. Later that evening, Arsenal and Boca Juniors fought out a 1-1 draw um, with the ridiculously spelled Brian Aleman. His first name <laughs> is spelled B-R-A-H-I-A-N. Um, yeah. But it's pronounced Brian. German Brian to his friends. Scoring 
a it was a header, wasn't it? The Arsenal. I didn't opener. see that goal but... before Mariano Echeverria from open play. Uh, finished from the edge of the six-yard box, which is a bit weird. He's a centre-back, and I'm not sure what he was doing up that far, but <laughs> there we go, just three minutes later. Um, then on Monday evening, in a match that I didn't watch, and I can't imagine that Dan would have enjoyed much if he did watch it, Independiente thrashed Lanús 4-1. No, it was all right for Racing. It wasn't the ideal. The ideal result there was, win, was a draw, but a Lanús win was, was much worse. Indeed, and crucially, it, it let off River, who'd of course dropped those points uh, the day before at home and picked up just one point from the last six available. Uh, Lanús have picked up no points from the last six available. So River are now actually one point further ahead of Lanús than they were a week and a half ago. Um, It does leave the table looking congested somewhat at the top, uh, but with nine points to play for River have 33 points, Racing have 32 Racing have won the most games of any any team in the league. They have, yeah. Racing have won ten games. Um, yeah, River right. are that point ahead because River have won nine, but they've drawn six and lost one, whereas Racing have drawn two and lost four. Um, so that's been the difference. Independiente and Lanús are both tied on 30 points. Um, and then the other teams who mathematically are still in with a chance at a shot at the title are Boca Juniors and Estudiantes on 27 Newell's on 24, but of course with a game in hand because they play on Thursday against Defensive Justicia. Um, and that's it. Everybody below Newell's, from Meles Southfield in 8th place down, is out of the title race because Meles are 11 points behind River with 9 to play for. Um, so it's congested, but after this coming weekend, things will probably be much clearer. Yeah, we should say that uh, Boca and Estudiantes, the only way they could win the league is by winning every single game. Yes. Yeah, they both, have to, they both have to win every match. Um, <laughs> so yeah, probably not going to happen, but yeah. And thus it is that we get to the meat and two vegetables uh, of this week's podcast. We've brushed over the results very quickly without mentioning too much about the games, because really, this podcast is a week of previewing things Indeed. rather than reviewing things. We have got, as we already mentioned, as I already mentioned at the top of the show, no fewer than three semi-finals coming up in the next... 24 plus less than 12 uh, 9 about 33 hours or so from from right now and that's because the Copa Argentina both semi-finals are going to be played on Wednesday evening I'm going to be working like a fury and hoping that my computer doesn't freeze up too much during the editing process to try and get this episode online before the first of them kicks off that's at 7pm Argentine time which is 10pm Greenwich Mean Time or we also have 5pm Eastern Seaboard Time in the States. We also have games from the Copa Argentina 2014-15 happening tonight. Yes, we also have the, the, the new That's next brilliant. Copa Argentina, which, fantastic. which kicked off before the quarterfinals had finished. Yeah. Uh, the preliminary stages uh, began for that. Uh, so those start at 5 o'clock, but we're not going to talk about them because there are a bunch of teams that neither you nor indeed us have ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, the crucial ones are the semi-final of the current this year's Copa Argentina, which are Atletico de Rafaela versus Huracan, uh, in. Oh, no idea. Let's, this will be fun. No idea. Let's see whether we can guess where the semi finals are being held. One of them I know is in San Juan. Right. Uh, that's Rosario Central against Argentinos because it's just popped up on the homepage, which means that Atletico versus Huracan is. Formosa. There we go. Um, Atletico de Rafael versus Huracan, Rosario Central versus Argentinos Juniors. As we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the peculiarities of Argentine continental qualification law mean that all three of those teams, 
all four of those teams, sorry, if they won, would go into next year's Copa Libertadores, except Argentinos Juniors, who cannot go into next year's Copa because Libertadores they because they suffered a relegation this season. For so now, until Segura comes down and puts a decree, saying that they can go in, basically. Quite, yes. The, the president of the AFA is the very recently ex-president of Argentinos Juniors, of course, so we'll see whether that stands up should Argentinos get the copper. Um, and before anybody scoffs at the idea, let's not forget Juan Roman Riquelme has got some pedigree in knockout tournaments. Uh, uh, yeah, a little. Particularly yeah. On, on, on Argentine soil. So we shall see. Uh, that one starts, the second one, Central vs. Uh, Argentinos it's begins. A brilliant haircut, Apuso. At 10pm, and yeah, that is a. Absolutely fantastic. A magnificent haircut, isn't it? It's I like think... a Nestor Gorosito. Yes, yeah, but fully charged, you know, yeah. going even further. Beautiful. Quite something. Um, who do we think are the most likely Copa Argentina winners, Dan? Given that all four of those teams want to win it, obviously, but uh, it's probably a more pressing concern for the two Primera sides because the two second division sides, neither of them have won promotion yet. Right. No, no. They're still uh, on the edge, kind of, there or thereabouts. Uh, Central have got to be the favourites, I think. You reckon? Yeah. Um, you were saying about cup pedigree... Miguel Angel Russo has, has a little bit of that as well. Mm. Um, you know, famously taking control of uh, Boca in, in 2007 and, and basically coming out Libertadores champion straight away. And they got a very good team, Central. It's very hard to beat them over 90 minutes. Um, you know, they got Abreu to take penalties in the shootout. They've already put out River. Um, they'd be my favourites at the current time. That's interesting you say that because I think Atletico are the. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not sure about favourites, but certainly they're, they're the team I I put my money on for it so far. Um, we didn't go too well for you on Friday, so uh, no, 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 let's no, work out. Um, they to, to me they just seem to have a bit more about them. I mean, yeah, Central put out River, but Central really put out River's reserves. Let's not forget. Yeah, after being second best point. for most of the game and winning the penalty shootout. And yeah, Atletico. I just, I think they've got a bit more, and and they've got more motivation as well. They they've never won a trophy, no, at national, sure. you know, at top top level. Yeah. Um, it would be that tiny bit more historic for them than it would be. In fact, even for Huracan or Argentinos, of course, who've mm. both uh, who've both been champions. No, Huracan haven't been champions. What am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, in the seventies. Yes, they have. Yeah, it's I wasn't making it up. Good, excellent. In English, with Brindisi. Super. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to go for Atletico to, to end their, their trophy drought, but we'll find out on the, is it the 9th of December? No idea. Something like that? Let me have a look at the calendar. I suppose they were predicting a Central Rafaela final, um, and then we go either way on that. Oh, the finals, the the date has been announced, but it's not showing up on the uh, programmation of Fantastic. the Copa Argentina website. Um, so we'll I let you know close to the day, a I, day before maybe. Yes. <laughs> Which is probably when the alpha will actually confirm exactly. it, um, if current form is anything to go by from them. Um, so those are the two semi-finals that we're really brushing over because the other semi-final. I um, know there are not three semi-finals of the same competition. Of course, you probably already know what the other semi-final is. Um, it's the first leg on Thursday night of the Copa Sudamericana semi-final. We should 
give a mention in fact to the other because I think it feels from Argentina as this if is the a entire, final as if the <laughs> entire continent has forgotten about the fact that there are in fact two Copa Sudamericana semi-finals yeah. being played and the other one's not a pretty big game as well right it is Atletico Nacional Sao Paulo we mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the fact that this year's Copa Sudamericana for the first time ever all four Copa Sudamericana semi-finalists are former Copa Libertadores winners and of there course, in this year's Copa Libertadores, none of the four semi-finalists had ever won the trophy. Never won it. Um, so in a way, this Copa Sudamericana is better than the Copa Libertadores. Yeah, definitely a higher quality, you, quality you know, in inverted commas than the Libertadores. You're not going to hear the Copa Sudamericana get this much praise on hand the pod very, very often. Um, well, I'd love to see Mariano rebut your <laughs> rebut that assertion. Um, yes, <laughs> well, he's not going to have the opportunity to. So uh, never mind. Um, but yes, the first uh, match this evening. At 9pm, um, Argentine time, I'm not sure what time it's going to be in Colombia, it's between Atletico Nacional and San Paulo in um, wherever it is Atletico Nacional are from. Uh, Medellin. Thank you. Um, and then tomorrow, the really big one, the one that people are, are excited to see, in La Bombonera, about a mile south of where we are recording, um, Boca Juniors host River Plate in the other semi-final. It feels very exciting to be here, I must say. Yep. We've been watching on... I've been watching, anyway, on Fox Sports Classical for the last couple of days. They've been re, uh, reliving the, the former clashes between these sides in Continental Cup latter stages, which have all been in the Copa Libertadores, um, and all of them, unfortunately, to date, have ended with Boca Juniors qualifying for the next round. I was watching the quarterfinals from the 2000 Libertadores uh, yesterday mm-hmm. and of course the, the most recent meeting was the 2004 Libertadores semi-final uh, which, which I mentioned a few weeks ago on Handapod actually is, is one of the very first matches I clearly can remember watching oh, yes. in Argentine football um, from England which was a bit of a weird experience but there we go um, you looking forward to it Dom? as a neutral? to be honest I haven't been thinking about it that much um, that's think... completely ruined our, our discussion yeah but it's with good reason I think uh, I believe you know exactly what match is occupying the minds of most harassing fans at the moment, and I, it I think isn't Thursday's clash. We'll get is, onto it in a while. It is, of course, one that we will get onto yeah. in a few minutes' time. But uh, just say no. something about the semi-final, please. Yeah, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna be a great spectacle. Um, just firstly, having two Argentine teams in the latter stages, in you know, fighting um, uh, continental semi-finals, always good. And the fact that there's two of the biggest teams in in the country and they've both been playing fairly well this season so it's gonna yeah it's gonna be a good game obviously I'm gonna watch it I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it let's hope that this horrible rain we've had all day today doesn't translate into another mud bath and joke of a game in the Mombonera which as we all know needs three drops of water to become completely ruined mm. um, so yeah it's hoping I know it's going to be an exciting game I'm hoping for a lot of injuries on the Riverside and <laughs> yeah that's, that's my take on it it's River not... who do you think are favourites? for this game or for the whole tie? for both River ok it's got to be River I think and for tomorrow's game specifically? River I'll put them just ahead. Away in La Bombonera, that's a brave... I wonder when the last time would be that River won two consecutive Supers in the Bombonera. You'd have to go back a while. Yeah. Um, 
we're not going to go back at the moment because uh, we don't have any easy way of looking up such a record. I should have thought of it before. Um, but there we go. River do have something of a boost because, of course, one of the themes that has been shaping the discussion of this match um, is, is the me- missing players. And, of course, River, as we mentioned last week um, on on the fourth birthday episode, River lost their unbeaten record, uh, the 31 match in all competitions, and... T- 20, I think it was in the league, or it might have been 21 in the league, um, to Estudiantes on Wednesday last week, and did so without, basically, their two best players, Carlos Sanchez and Teo Gutierrez. You could argue two of the three best players if we were to include Matias Kranevitter, but he's been missing for a while. Um, And as if to underline how important they were, to Hmm. um, both to River and also to underline the fact that actually this... uh, high number of matches all being played at once isn't affecting them personally um, they both have rather good international <coughs> breaks Teo scored the winner um, for Colombia against the States uh, at Craig States, Cottage uh, in London uh, last week and I didn't play in Colombia's second f- uh, friendly he was allowed to go home early he was allowed to come out to Buenos Aires and join up with training Jose Pekerman showed pity on Marcelo Gallardo in that respect I think although Eder Alves Balanta did stay with Colombia and I think is due back on Thursday morning no, um and Carlos Sanchez has played one and a half matches for Uruguay. It's the very beginning of his international career at the age of 29, and he's done rather well. He's got two goals, right? He got two assists, two assists. Um, as well as another sort of assist. I've not I seen any of the goals, but I've read about them, um, where he, he put a ball into the box and it pinged around a bit and somebody scored an own goal. Okay. That was essentially Sanchez creating the chance. So um, you could call it three assists in terms of chances created um, in in three halves of football for Uruguay um, and suddenly everybody's talking about him as a nailed on certainty for the Copa America squad next season at the age of 29 <laughs> possibly a little bit late for River to cash in but um, it can't do his transfer value any, any harm no, of course indeed not. a River 100% owned yeah. River player um, and more to the point it means that he's getting back he was substituted at half time uh, last night on Tuesday night um, during which Uruguay beat Chile 2-1 was it? I didn't see it. I think it was 2-1. Um, away in Santiago, uh, he set up the first goal and then was substituted at half-time um, and was flown back to Buenos Aires on a jet a that River jet, had, yeah. had chartered specially for him to get him back as early as possible. So he's in the squad. Teo is also in the squad uh, for Thursday's first leg. Fernando Cabernaki is not in the squad for Thursday's first leg. He didn't quite make it, but having returned to action in the reserve match against Olimpo on Sunday um, he should be about this it should be about this coming weekend and that I think just gives River a little bit of breathing space now it means that they're starting to recover some of their options um, and and just a little bit of rotation Ezequiel Sirigliano is another player who's not played for River for a while he had a frustrating return from a loan to Hellas Verona Um, I was going to say I was surprised not to see him in the squad for uh, against Estudiantes or Olimpo yes I will slightly but he's, he's in the I saw the... Gallardo got quite a bit of criticism for that yeah he's in the squad for the first leg of the Sudamericana the Sudamericana semi-final of the Super Clásico um, but it does look at the moment at least what's being reported is that it looks like uh, Leo Poncio is going to be playing at number 5 um, on Thursday night but it's just starting to there's some hope for him because they're starting to recover a few players uh, the injury list now is one which is Matias Kranimita um, whereas about three weeks ago they had about four or five players out uh, either injured or on international duty in the last few matches so there's there's some optimism there um, on the Boca side of things 
How are we looking? On the Boca side of things, they also, you know, they've been able to um, to rotate the squad, I think, a little bit more in these weeks because, obviously, they're not really uh, fighting for the title. And against Arsenal, they rested probably about half of the team and now they they should be fresher, at least, than, than the River guys. Boca, I think we actually have uh, yeah. what people are claiming is going to be a confirmed eleven. although, of course, we've got more than 24 hours to go before the game kicks off, so... Okay. Whether this actually turns out to be the confirmed eleven or just Guillermo Bar- uh, Guillermo Barreses Quinto Rodolfo Arroyo Barrena trolling everybody is another matter. Uh, Agustín Orion in goal, obviously that is definitely going to happen. Um, and then uh, back four of Leandro Marín, Daniel Díaz, Juan Forlín, and Nicolás Colasso. See, Boca are also getting some players back from injury. Colasso is yeah. is just come back and today Diaz, to training. Um, and Díaz, yeah, uh, as well. That's um, a big big one to come back Christian Erbes is the number 5 which is interesting. interesting just behind the central midfield pair of Fernando Gago and Cesar Meli and then a front 3 of Juan Manuel Martinez Jonathan Caleri and Andres Chavez so it's going to look something like a diamond right because Caleri's going to come a bit deeper I'm guessing like I'd have thought 4-1-2 so, yeah. they're, they're one, listing one, it as two, a 4-1-2-3 yeah. one, one, but in reality Caleri's going to sort of drop off yeah. wide and just in behind the other two isn't he so I would think, and, and Martinez is quite mobile as well. Um, so that that's the seemingly yeah. the likely Boca team. I saw a couple of tweets about Rivers' team being um, confirmed as well, but uh, I've not seen anything actually on news sites about it. So we're not going to read out a, a River site. No, I'm guessing it's going to depend on how Sanchez feels when he comes back and all that. Like, it's yeah. still, he's going to be left to the last minute I'm sure yeah uh, one thing that we can be pretty sure of is that this man whose photograph we're looking at now Teo Gutierrez uh, is going to be um, in, in the starting lineup. yeah I think we can assume that yeah and uh, that's at least one half as we mentioned of, of, of Rivers' main duo Gachado is apparently rather angry at uh, Oscar Washington Tavares for playing Carlos Sanchez for, for 45 minutes Um Although it must be said, there were rumours on Twitter yesterday that Juan Carlos Crespi, the prime, uh, the vice president of Boca Juniors, had spoken on the phone to Tabares and asked him to play Ch- uh, Sanchez for the whole ninety minutes. Oh, jeez! Which, um, which would sound ridiculous if we were talking about any other club director than Juan Carlos Crespi. Yeah, he's <laughs> trash, absolutely trash. Um, indeed, he is. So. There we go. But uh, the the consensus from the two of us, which is who are here anyway, is that River are, are favourites for the semi final. Indeed, we shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, the first leg, as we mentioned, is on is this Thursday this week. The second leg is Thursday next week. Yeah. Uh, they're not inverting the days for the second legs as they normally do. Um, I'm um, not quite sure why that is, but I'm assuming that Argentine security had something to say with it. Possibly because the two are both going to play on, on Sunday late. They need to keep the, like, the 72 hours or something, I don't know. I see. Because if River plays Sunday at 9.30, then they'd have to play, what, 10 o'clock at night or something to, to, you know, to fulfil this 72-hour break that, that they're supposed to have. Yeah. I'm guessing it's something to do with that. Hmm. There we go. Because it's... A rather important match in the middle, right? There is. There is a very important <laughs> If you want to talk about that. Although, just to, to go back on that point just slightly, I'd have thought that what Conmebol say has to take priority, and so if it's necessary, then 
the AFA have to sort out the times there anyway. But yeah, no, you're but, quite right. Yeah. That probably is at least part of the reason, given yeah. that, that the AFA are quite a powerful uh, entity within Conmebol. Um, and the other match, as Dan quite rightly mentions, which will be taking place before we next record, because of course the second leg of that semi-final should be uh, after the recording of Hand of Pod 167. Um, but the other game, which takes place on Monday... No, it doesn't. What am I talking about? It takes place on Sunday. Um, we've got two two all big five classicals this weekend mm-hmm. because Boca Juniors take on Independiente um, at the weekend in a match that is more likely to do very much for Independiente's title hopes than it is for Boca's because Boca, as we mentioned, are pretty much out of the race anyway. Mm-hmm. They could mathematically leave the race on Sunday um, if they don't win. If they match. don't win, if, if Boca Independiente ends in a draw, yeah. and this other match that we're about to start talking about doesn't end in a draw, Boca will be out of the race. If Boca lose against Independiente, although they are at home, yeah. so that's not necessarily nailed on, but if they were to lose against Independiente, then any result in the other match a couple of hours later would leave Boca yeah. mathematically out of the race. Um, that is because the other match is between. It's in Avellaneda, it's in the El Cilindro, the El Cilindro. It's in El Cilindro. Um, and it's between Racing Club, who are arguably the form team in Argentina at the moment, and River Plate. Indeed. Are you nervous, Dan? I'm shitting myself. <laughs> Racing are unbeaten. It's going to be a hell of a game. Racing are unbeaten in six league games, of which they have won five and drawn one. They have not conceded in the last three. They've won the last three in a row. Yep. They've only conceded one goal in that six-game spell. They're playing River Plate, who are still, in spite of uh, recent struggles, the top scorers in the league and the possessors of the best defence. And who also, it's worth pointing out, in the professional era of Argentine football, have quite a hefty head-to-head record. Um, yes, they have quite an advantage. Against uh, Racing. <laughs> River, ha- River have a 49-match um, advantage over Racing, only in the professional era must be stressed that because uh, the stats for the amateur era are not something that I've got to hand at the moment but I would imagine that that gap will be closed slightly because Racing was certainly better than River in the 19-teens if nothing else Um, how do you think it's going to go Dan? You're going to be present at this clash of second versus first? I'm going to be there yes, I'm going to be up on the terraces watching it, you know, arriving pretty late and it's going to be a hell of a spectacle, I know they've already started selling Tickets today in Avellaneda, in Villa del Parque, where uh, Racing have another kind of offices. And there were people queuing up, camping outside the, the ticket offices at 11 o'clock last night, even though it was pissing it down with rain. Uh, it's it's going to be a spectacle. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not going to kid myself. I know River have the better team now, but that also doesn't mean particularly much over the course of 90 minutes I think I think and Racing Racing are going to be better rested they're going to be better rested yeah have just that little bit more maybe confidence in the game at the moment given that River as we say have just gone three games without a win uh, and lost their that long unbeaten record Um, yeah of course and I think uh, Racing have been focused on this game all week whereas River obviously have to first tackle the the Boca game the semi-final Precisely. Um, which With. is going to take a lot of There's no way about it. Especially if uh, the pitch at the Bombonera is you know, quite sodden, heavy. It's, it's going to be hard on the legs. Boca, as we know, whatever era you're in, they're not 
afraid of putting in a few hard hits. So you're gonna we're, we'll have to see how a River gets to that game. Uh, Racing, they've not been brilliant for the last three games. They you know they've ground that's, out three one nil wins. That's that's something that I wanted to ask you about because. Um, We've heard a lot about Rivers' mental. Well, I've said a lot about Rivers' mental strength throughout this this season, and this is going to be an excellent test of it. But at the same time, Racing's last three wins in a row have been three wins in a row, but they've been all of them one nil, and they've been against Gimnasia, Banfield, and Quilmes. And it must be yes. said, even though River have wobbled a bit recently, they're probably a step up in quality. Yeah, it's um, definitely a as step opponents, up. Opponents uh, over yeah. those three teams, I think it's fair to say. Of course. So. It, is is that the reason for for a little bit of trepidation on Racing's part going into this one? For a little bit of trepidation, yeah, I think it's logical. But you also have to look at the positives, as you mentioned. Uh, they're three clean sheets in a row, which doesn't happen in Racing ever. No. Um, one goal considered in the last six games um, at defence, which is looking very very solid. Even though we'll be able, we'll be without Jonathan Cabral for Sunday after he got. Uh, first five yellow carded and then sent off yes. against Kilmes. Um and at the same time, you know, Racing haven't been banging them in, but you know they have goals mm. uh, through Milito, through Bo, or through Auchi if he comes comes off the bench. And I guess the other point is that having mentioned Rivers' uh, mental strength and what a test that's going to be, we were mentioning just last week or the week before um, that that Racing, in a very unracing like development, are starting to show some some balls of their own as well yeah we've um, seen things that um, we, we mentioned this... in fact it was two weeks ago I think after, after the 1-0 win away to Gimnasia with that late Gabriel Alce goal mm. um, that they were largely the better team that they were being frustrated by by opponents who were sitting back and defending very very well against them but they eventually found that winner yeah. um, the last home game the 1-0 win over Banfield came with a very early goal so that was a somewhat different yeah that was, a, that was a different game kind but of again, in... scored very early and then did sit back yeah but again, in the last away match, they had a very similar thing to, to the Gimnasia game, really, although I missed most of the match, I must admit. But from what I've heard, uh, Quilmes were was determined to improve their own form and their own defensive record mm-hmm. a bit and just try and, and, and sit in uh, for something. And yeah. it took, as we mentioned, a, a late and spectacular free kick uh, from Gustavo Bull to win it. So Racing are just falling into that nice habit of maybe winning when they're not playing particularly well and finding goals at crucial moments of the match yeah. as well. I think if you look over the season, there's only been two games where they where they failed to hit the target. Yeah, 2-0 uh, defeat to Atletico de Rafaela, which was yeah. their last match, and the 4-0 defeat in that bizarre game against Tigre. That was an odd game. And in that Rafaela game, it was the famous match where Racing hit the bar five times or six times, hit the, you know, just destroyed the woodwork, but it just wasn't wasn't their game. It was hilarious. Oh, yeah, brilliant. If you weren't a Racing yeah. fan. River, but, for their own part, of course, have only failed to score once this season, and that was the uh, game against the, the, against the Studiantes, and yeah. in which they were missing both Carlos Sanchez and Teo Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, but it has to be said that in a week's time, when we're previewing the second leg of the Sudamericana semi-final, we could be sitting here suddenly um, talking about how River have got it all to to come now and, and are uh, bestriding the league, that River could be four points clear at the top of the league and looking favourites to win both the Sudamericana and the league, or it could all look already like crashing down around them. It, it, this is um, 
without wanting to, to brush over the fact that you know Racing have got a real shot at the title here if they get a result on Sunday. Um, what we're really previewing at the moment is a week that could make or break Rivers' campaign. No, definitely. And it would be very interesting to see what would happen um, in the worst-case scenario, let's say, for River. Uh, defeat in the semi-final against Boca and missing out on the title after leading from from the starting line to, to basically the finish. Mm. It'll make it very hard for Gachado, I think. I'm not saying he deserved to leave, of course. He's, he's had a fantastic debut season, but... No, but that doesn't that affect of, things in Argentina, does it? No, I'm, I'm saying more for his, you know, his own kind of mentality. That It would be a hammer blow. Mm. And really, really difficult to see a double kind of vanish from your eyes. I, I wonder if, if, he back for, if he'd be back for, for the new season. I think with the Libertadores coming... Yes, possibly. Yeah, that would be and presumably, presumably as well with some reinforcements in January because uh, it, it's been common knowledge since the start of the season that River's squad was was perhaps stretched slightly, slightly too thin yeah. to compete on both fronts, and yeah, somehow they're managing to do it. That's an um, interesting point that I don't think we've heard much of. Kind of tracking back to what we were talking about at the start with the AFA. Hmm. Has there been any confirmation on transfers ahead of the thirty-team season? How do you mean? Well, normally in January the teams are limited to two. Oh yeah, you're quite right. No, I've uh, I've not heard about that. Mm. We shall see. Yeah, <laughs> that's another one. Another one to watch. You, you might be the only person in Argentina who it's occurred to so far, Dan. Just occurred to me when, you were, when me you were saying about reinforcements. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me if the AFA directors haven't thought of that one at all. No. Um, but yes, anyway, we, we'll be back next week and we will talk about. Uh, the results of both of those games obviously Racing's glorious 3-0 victory um, Hattrick from Bowl against his old team you sound very very confident and a red card for uh, Dale very confident indeed. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not confident who else is going to be that will be a double law of the X of course because Gustavo Bowl as Dan mentioned is a former River player and Tom Gutierrez uh, is quite undeniably a former Racing player yes um, alongside Gabi Maragall yes of course yeah as I said last week, I always forget Mercado's yeah. former Racing. I always just think of him as former Estudiantes. I think there's Norris. another ex-River player floating around there in the Racing ranks. Is there? Possibly. Let's have a look at the Racing squad. Maybe not. Maybe I'm going, I'm going inside. Can't see any names I recognise there. No, maybe not then. I just got it into my head for a second that, that there might have been one. But this is a fascinating part of the podcast, isn't it? Uh, yeah, sorry. Just by sitting and going, mm, mm. Mm, yeah. We can um, cut that little bit out, I think. Yeah. No, there we go. I was wrong. Gaston Diaz? No, he's in Gimnasia. A lot of Gimnasia, no, a lot of Godoy yeah, Cruz. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not. No, maybe not then. Sorry for that little pointless diversion, but well, let's try and keep it going. Indeed. There we go. Um, <laughs> Independiente Boca, should, Boca Independiente should also be fun, uh, it must be said at the weekend, yeah. but somewhat less important as we say, although an Independiente victory, bearing in mind that it, that game's going to kick off about two and a half hours prior to uh, Racing River, an Independiente win would take Independiente level um, with River on points at top of the table, so it would just if Independiente were to win it would just apply that extra bit of pressure to Racing and River out of their game although of course yeah. whatever the results of Racing River one of the teams at least would then be above Independiente again come the end of the game so it wouldn't actually yeah. take Independiente top by the end of the round but it would be uh, uh, as we say just a bit of extra pressure applied and Lanús do you know who Lanús have got? Mm, Gimnasio I believe 
this is where I pause to check the fixture again. They are, they're at home to Gymnasia, um, which is going to be an interesting match as well. Indeed. And to tell you how those interesting matches are going to go, no, we've not done listeners' we've questions. We've not done listeners' questions yet. No. So we're not going to do Mystic Sam yet. We're going to very quickly log into Twitter and see whether anyone's asked us any questions. Here's some music. Don't go away. question by email uh, David Ellingham emailed this afternoon to ask with another announcement from AFA on the league reconstruction it's getting to the stage where the derivatives market is easier to understand when will someone admit that they fucked up and should just forget about these convoluted plans the answer Never. to that the answer to that is that in a way all of this talking and renegotiating and stuff is an admission that they, they fucked up because mm. nobody apart from Julio Grandona wanted the 30-team Primera, but because it was Julio Grandona who wanted it, everybody had to vote for it. Um, and it was only when he died that then people start coming out of the woodwork saying, right, first thing on the agenda is let's get rid of this. But that was a matter of, in fact, he, he died two days before the new season was due to kick off, and of course the first weekend then got delayed, so it ended up being a week and two days due to his death, it, it was delayed. Um, which was far too late to restructure the second division and the, the second division is the key really to the first division restructuring of course because the whole structure of the second division for the, the championship in the second division that's going to be ending in the next couple of weeks um, I think the main problem is with the aim of sending 10 teams up so you can't yeah. just snap your fingers and, and get rid of that everything since then has been an attempt to if not reverse the 30 team structure mm-hmm. for next year then to get it reversed as soon as possible in, and in as least messy a way as possible whilst not being too unfair to second division sides. Yeah, I think that's pretty much on the money and of course um, the main reason why they didn't throw out the window was because of these lower teams. Hmm. Unsurprisingly, the um, restructure having 30 teams in the top division with top division television money is quite attractive to those below. So, you know, going against them when on a... On an issue that's already been voted on in past is is too much of a battle for someone like Sigurdsson to take on. Yes, but as, if as it well wasn't for that, I believe they probably would have just reversed it. But it's very hard because Sigurdsson has or if, a lot of support in the lower divisions. Or if Grandona had say died before or during the World Cup, then they'd have had a bit more time to talk about mm. cancelling the plans that they had. Um, possibly, possibly, yeah. Uh, David also says uh, I'd be very interested in listening to a pod special on the Barra Brava as we mentioned last week that, that's an option so if you're interested then please tweet or email me to let me know and we'll see what we can do in January um, and he says that he listened to the podcast that we recommended a couple of weeks ago on Alfredo Di Stefano which was the World Cup semi-final podcast uh, the day of Di Stefano's death um, with Esteban Beckerman says it was fascinating to listen to Esteban talk so well on his development so thank you that's no problem David we're glad that you enjoyed it um, we have had a couple of questions on Twitter. James Fieldon asks how last week's cow was after the recording. It was very nice. Thank you, James. Um, Phil Carney says, after two consecutive crushing defeats, that's something we've not mentioned, really. We mentioned it in passing. Uh, where have Lanus gone wrong, and what do you think they need to do next? I think that for Lanus, the signs that the defence was starting to crumble really began in that 3-2 win over Arsenal. Um, yeah, they didn't look Controversial finish, but they conceded two yeah. goals. 
for I think the first time in a, a while in the Premier or possibly the first time this season that they conceded that they let in two or more uh, oh no that, that's wrong they drew 3-3 with Godoy Cruz but that's Godoy Cruz so it almost doesn't yeah. count um, and lost 2-1 of course in the second round to Atletico de Rafaela but prior to that they've had a relatively strong defence they've now let in uh, 7 in the last 2 and 9 in the last 3 games um, it's it's going wrong in defence for them basically for whatever reason yeah I'm wondering I'm if not sure they why. didn't get a little bit too nervous they've been you know, trying too hard really pushing forward and leaving a lot of space at the back mm. because they've scored they scored goals as well they haven't had any problem scoring goals I say and another thing is that when you have a, a team managed by Gustavo Guillermo Barros Equilotto mm. squad discipline is maybe a slightly hard thing for them to come down mm. hard on when they're spending most matches yelling at referees and getting sent off anyway yeah with characters like Silva Somoza and Yes, and Caio in the team, yeah, and that's, that's that's another. They're not the most level-headed bunch, are they? And I think at some point that that's that's going to 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 result in in this kind of thing happening in a season. Plus, they've played uh, who, who is it? They've lost to they've lost to Independiente um, and to, to Tigre. Of course, the, the Tigre match, the second half postponed mm. um, from the fourteenth round. Uh, last week they're kind of two unpredictable teams so. they are but Tigre are a team who were unbeaten at home this season in spite of the fact that they were so awful yeah. at the beginning of the season under Allegra they, they've not lost a home match this no, season it doesn't surprise me they, they're capable of putting it out putting oh, it out sorry have they, have they lost one? Oh, they've lost two at home there this season go. apparently That's, but uh, they're sick from the table in the home standings yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm making that up I'm not sure how I've managed to oh they lost to Newell's of course didn't they just uh, this weekend just, just gone this weekend. prior to that I know again they'd only lost once at home they have a pretty strong home record um, so that wasn't entirely surprising it was the thrashing away to Independiente that mm. I was um, surprised by I have to admit we should say that albeit it was a strong side in and it was slightly exaggerated by the fact that um, two men for the last off. two goals uh, they were down to nine men and had two in defence which of course is another point about the discipline that, that we just yeah. made again um, next question was from uh, the Tottenham Way who says perhaps not this week but before January well, we'll mention it very briefly now a discussion on which players may interest English clubs Teo etc of course being a Tottenham um, blog he wants to know about that well I saw you disparaging the idea of Teo playing in Tottenham the other day disparaging I, I, the the only people who would win from such a deal would be River Plate's accountants and Tails agent. Obviously, Tails own bank balance because Tails wants to move to Europe to to secure his family's future, and that's completely his prerogative. He's twenty nine years old; he's unlikely to get a second or a third bite of the cherry in Europe um, if he goes much longer in South America now. Um, so, from that point of view, from the players' point of view, I think it would be a good move. From River's point of view, any money in us is obviously good for River. Um, on the pitch I don't think obviously River would lose out if Taylor were to leave and I'm not entirely convinced that, that Tottenham would gain very much from it either I can't see him doing much in the Premiership and of I course really they'd can't. also be contracting a complete nut job of course who, who's been very well behaved for the last year or so by his normal standards yes. but who might fly off the handle at any moment and oh, start yeah. pointing guns at teammates um, so it would be interesting I'd love to see him in the Premier League but not from an on-pitch footballing point of view and not for the team that I support. Um, so we shall see. And Ramos Albi Celeste asks, what will Argentina's back four be for the Copa America barring injuries? It's still seven or eight, seven months away. 
Um, so, and we've got yeah. a new manager, so I'm not sure we can. Pablo Sabaleta will definitely be right. Sabaleta's going to be that. I like Tan fit in the last two games. And Tommy's looked good, but I would have thought yeah. Rojo will come back in when he's when he's fit. And I if was he's, wondering. If he's fit, you'd have to say Ezekiel Garay will be one of the two yeah, centre backs. Garay is centre backs going to be. I was wondering the other day if we wouldn't see Ansaldi playing on the left and Rojo coming into the centre. Mm, that could happen. Because I don't think there's happen. a better centre back. I think. The other centre-backs alongside Garay are all pretty average to uh, poor. Whereas Marcos Rojo is a uh, world-class centre-back. I don't um, know if world-class, but he's a decent player. He can play the ball out the back, which is what Martino wants. So a few times that when they started to mess around yesterday, you know, passing between the keeper and the fence, it was heart-stopping, really heart-stopping stuff. Yes, yeah. Um that's one thing of course that we've not really mentioned on this podcast but it's because it was quite adult friendly and there's no real reason to go over it when we had so much else to talk about and now let's try this again take two Mystic Sam's theme music is coming up and after it you will hear what's going to happen this weekend so don't go away As we have mentioned, we've got a couple of interesting matches this weekend, and they kick off on Friday. They're not very interesting match. Banfield versus Quilmes, which is probably not going to be all that interesting a match, but might be the return of Juan Casares, uh, although it possibly won't. I think I heard he's out for the season. Did you? Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> that presumably means Nicolas Bianchiarsi is never actually going to be uh, serving his suspension then. Because he's on an article 225 at the moment. There we go. Due to Casares' injury being picked up on international duty. Um, anyway, Banfield versus Kilmes. Whether or not Casares plays, I think Banfield really ought to win that game. Kilmes at bottom. Uh, Atletico de Rafaela versus San Lorenzo. I'm going to go for an Atletico victory in that one, in spite of the fact that they're in Copa Argentina semi final action tonight. Olimpo de Bahia Blanca against Rosario Central. I think Olimpo, I was impressed with them on Sunday away to River. They showed some guts, they showed some determination, and I think they'll get a win, um, particularly given that Central are quite poor away. Vélez Sarsfield versus Godoy Cruz, I'm going to go for a draw. Godoy Cruz's newfound defensive solidity. We didn't mention it during the podcast, but Godoy Cruz, for the first time, with that 1-1 draw against whoever it was they drew 1-1 against at the weekend, uh, that was the first time in nine matches that they conceded fewer than... No, sorry, the first time in ten matches that they conceded fewer than two goals after Fantastic. nine games straight of conceding two or more. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Lanús versus Gimnasia y Grima La Plata. I think it's going to be a home victory. Get Lanús back on track. Of course, there's talk there that um, Gimnasia are going to do a favour to their old idol, which is another... You know, little conspiracy. Of course, yeah, because Guillermo Barros is a former Gimnasia player. That would send Lanús level on 33 points at the top with River ahead of the River game. Uh, the Racing River game, sorry. Estudiantes de la Plata versus Defensa Justicia, I think, will be an Estudiantes win, which will just about keep them in touch mathematically with the title race. Uh, Belgrano versus Tigre, Nothing I'm going for a Belgrano victory because Tigre have been awful away. Boca Juniors versus Independiente, I think, is going to be a draw. I'll take that. Which would leave Boca essentially out of the title race. And Independiente as well. And would say. put Independiente up to 31 points, just two behind Racing and River. Two behind River, one behind Racing, but before those two mm. play a couple of hours later. Racing versus River, the mm. big one of the weekend. What do you think, Dan? Uh Racing win. 
I'm going Plus. for a draw. Draw wouldn't be the end of the world. I think it would, given that it's falling between the two Sudamericana legs, and would still leave River top of the league regardless of any other results. It's better for River than Racing. I, I, I think it would it would suit River, and I can see if there's no difference being made, sort of with a quarter of the game to go, I can see River sort of digging in for. Uh, for a draw and maybe abandoning their usual principles. Um, Newell's Old Boys finally on Monday evening are at home to Arsenal de Sarandi, uh, who are dreadful at home. They've got one home point uh, away point. Sorry, uh, dreadful away. They have got one away point from seven matches so far this season. Um, so I think that that really has got to be a Newell's victory. And that is your lot. Wonderful. Those are all of the matches coming up this week. Copa Sudamericana. As we say, we're going to make River narrow favourites um, for the You're time. You're not going to pass a prediction on, on Thursday? I'm going to go for a draw in La Bombonera on Very Thursday conservative. night. conservative. I love it. Sitting um, on the fence. It's it's going to be a very interesting game. I'm very it much is. looking forward to it. Nervous? Yes, of course. You're going to try and get up to River for the revancha? No. No? Tickets have already sold out. Ah, there we go. And I very much doubt that I'm going to be able to, to call in another favour now that I'm not writing an article on this one. Um, and in a way... Kind of prefer watching it on TV anyway. I don't particularly. Fair enough. You know, some of the, the 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 faffing and the fussing, especially with the Super Classic, where you have to get up to your seat three hours before kickoff and then just sit there <laughs> looking at an empty pitch. Uh, once a year is enough for me. Fair really. enough. Uh, but that match, uh, Boca versus River, on Thursday night, and the first leg kicks off. In case you want to watch it at twenty forty-five Argentine time, quarter to nine p.m. Quarter uh, to midnight in England. Indeed, quarter to midnight in the UK. Quarter you, to US listeners can seven do on the eastern coast of the United States. There we go. And it's going to be televised on Football Paradoros in Argentina. Although we have not yet had word about whether it's actually going to be streamed uh, on YouTube um, as the league matches normally are in Argentina. It's going to be freely available outside Argentina via YouTube. Less certain, but if you are interested in that, that because they're sharing the rights with Fox. I assume. Yes, potentially. Yeah. Um, Obviously, if you do want to know whether it's going to be streamed on YouTube or not closer to the time, uh, I suspect we'll find out about five minutes before kick-off, the way the Football Paradox normally operate. Follow me on Twitter, um, and if it's on YouTube, I will be posting a link to it. And if it's not, I'll mention a link to a different website, which is less official, and where you can also find a stream. Um, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for another week. We hope that you have enjoyed the podcast as much as you ever do, or even more. Maybe you've even enjoyed it this week. Um, I hope so. And we will be back next week. Uh, I don't know whether Dan will be because it depends what time we record, but I'll certainly be back next week um, with at least one other person, possibly two or three, to discuss the first leg of the Copa Sudamericana semi final, the upcoming second leg of the Copa Sudamericana semi final, and what will have been an enormous weekend in the title race as well, almost however it turns out. It's going to be. That's going to be influential. So for now, ladies and gents, enjoy the next week of football, and it's goodbye from English, Dan. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.